Are you making the money but still feel unfulfilled? Got a business that you're trying to build. You wanna live a life of abundance, but something is missing. Think it's time you took a listen to the CFO mission. Welcome back to the CFO Mission Podcast. I'm your host and your CFO, Phil Mazur. And today I've got a tool to share with you. And it's a tool that I've used to change my life. To change my life by mastering the space in between my ears. This podcast is going to show you how to master your own certainty. Show you how to think better which is going to allow you to solve problems better and also help you figure out what you really want for yourself. This tool is the key that helps all the other tools work. Going back to all the episodes, this is a tool that I use to help answer questions like, who are you? Why are you here? How to set impossible goals? How to set shorter missions to achieve those goals? How to find freedom? How to find your purpose in life? how to set the right habits and measure if they're working or not. So I want to tell you a story. This is happening in 2019. I was growing the business, but I was not quite a baller by any means yet. Every new client was still a big deal to me, financially speaking. I had raised my prices and I had gotten a bigger client, higher pay. You know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get clients, you might overpromise a little bit on a sales call, but you're like, hey, whatever, I'll do whatever for these people when it comes. I knew I could do the work, but I didn't know what this specific job was going to look like until I dove into it. So we were a couple months in at this point. I had already audited and converted their accounting system to a whole new system. We rebuilt it from scratch. And we're at the point where we're implementing a new payroll system as a part of that. And what we do in accounting is always tricky when it comes to people and their money. I mean, I always told my employees, take extra special care when it comes to things like payroll and paying vendors. Because when money comes up, emotions get high. You can throw all logic out the window. So there's a lot of pressure doing this kind of stuff. But this situation is just me. No employees at the time. I had some admin clerical help, but this one's all on me. So the payroll conversion was done. It was a long process, lots of paperwork, and payday's Friday. And here we are, Thursday night. I'm done. The work is done. Payroll's processed. I was about to go out and do something, leave the house. But I decided to check my email before, and thank God I did. And it was not a happy email. But if I didn't see it, it would have been way worse. So the email is from QuickBooks, the accounting system. And it says, your payroll's failed. It's not going to run tomorrow. Like nobody's going to get paid, yada, 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 yada. Some type of glitch on the bank side that had nothing to do with QuickBooks. And this just didn't make any sense to me because we had done everything we were told to do. Crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's. It was like some type of verification thing on the bank side. So when they want to send the money, like if you've ever bought or sold a house and you go to the closing, you know, it's never done until everything is perfect and the bank wires the money. It was one of those deals. It didn't really matter. The The point is there were people not going to get paid. And these people are used to waking up on Friday mornings and having money in their bank account. So you can relate to this. I mean, just think if this was you and your money doesn't show up on payday. You are raising hell to your boss and you don't really care why it didn't work. 
So imagine 30 employees not getting paid the first time this new accounting company that they're paying all this money to processes their payroll. I am not going to be looked at very highly in this situation. So I am angry. Like the feelings that would describe me at this time are anger, rage, frustration, helplessness, anxiety, worry, fear. And it was all towards the software company really and the bank, but at the fact that this payroll process was not going to work. And I'm on the phone with QuickBooks like screaming. Like I can't even tell you the things I'm saying about how this is going down. I'm just I'm just blaming them for everything. Like this is your fault. You told me this is all we had to do. I did it everything. And so I need you to make this right. Like you have to fix this. And I'm thinking these guys are just a bunch of corporate idiots, this massive company. They feel like they can do whatever they want. They can just be terrible at customer service. And it doesn't matter because they're the only company selling this software product and they don't really care if they lose me. So I'm talking to this person on the phone who has no ability whatsoever to actually fix my situation. And, uh, I'm like, I don't ever want to go through this again. I'm never using QuickBooks anymore. I'm never doing somebody's payroll. I'm not even going to do accounting for people anymore. Like shut the business down. This is ridiculous. So the lady on the phone asked me, do I know everything I need to know about the situation? And I'm like, what do you mean? I've told you all the facts about the situation. Like the payroll's messed up. This client's going to fire me. Because I promised them I could do this for them and they're paying me a lot of money. So if I screw this up, surely they're going to fire me. And she says, well, tell me more about that. Tell me more about these clients. Like, well, you know, I said, I said, they're two really good guys that own this company. We, we hit it off ever since our first call. I think we're a really good fit and everything up to this point has gone really smoothly. Onboarding has been good. They've been on board for about a month or so. We completely redid their financials. We got the new accounting system set up. And this was like the last piece of us taking over the system, their payroll. And it was going to be a huge relief for them. So she says, how does that make you feel? And I'm like, seriously, you're asking me how I feel. I'm like, "What what do you mean? She says, how does it make you feel when you're going to get blamed for something you can't control? And... I'm like, well, helpless, angry. I feel like a victim. I'm frustrated. And she says, well, do you have any evidence that says you're going to get blamed for this situation? Because you told me you've had nothing but a great experience up to this point with this client. You've done everything they've asked you to do. You've provided value to them. You've been working with them for a couple months now. They think that you that they really need you. And you surely they would understand that this was out of your control, right? Not saying the situation doesn't need to be fixed, but are they really going to blame you and fire you immediately? Because they still need your help. And I said, well, yes, I'm, I feel like I'm still going to get blamed for this. And she just pressed me like, really, are you 100% sure that this is how it's going to go down? I'm like, okay, okay. I'm not 100% sure. So she says, well, what if maybe they didn't blame you? I said, well, they don't blame me, then maybe we could work through this issue together and get it resolved together. She said, so I understand that the situation happened, but do you really want out of the situation? I said, 
I said, yeah, I mean, I just want the client to trust me. I mean, they already trust me and I don't want to lose that trust. So she says, well, what do you want from us here at QuickBooks in the situation? I said, I just want you to tell me the truth so I can set the proper expectation for these clients, because right now I feel like you can't do anything for me to fix this. So I need to know all the facts, because if I go to them without all the facts in this bad situation, the trust factor is going to be lost. And she goes, well, well, what what do you want for us like me and QuickBooks? I was like, I need us to be good partners. Like I'm about to grow this accounting business that I have and be doing accounting for 25 clients. I can't afford for QuickBooks to not be my provider because as much as I hate the fact that you have a stranglehold on this industry, I need you. It is what it is. So I need to make the most of this situation and know that I can trust you. And when I need you to be able to get through to you and to get the results and the true help, she says, okay, okay. So based on all this information, all the facts, what is your desired outcome here? Understanding that we can't change what's happened. So to get at this point, the desired outcome will be that the client and I work through the issue together and that we'll, we'll be able to see how I perform in a crisis situation. So she says, essentially, you have two scenarios here. You have, you have one where you get blamed and you lose the client. And then you have another where you have the ability to gain trust and work through a crisis together with them. Both of these situations, you have the same facts in terms of this payroll situation. So you either choose the one where you get blamed and things end bad, or you choose the one where you might be able to save everything and come out better on the other side. So which one do you choose? Well, there's only one, one option in my eyes. And okay, great. So she says, well, why has this situation actually been positive for you? I was like, oh, interesting. Well, it's made me realize that I need to get over everything that's been done and focus on what's in the future. And she asked me, how would you sum that up? And I, that lesson that you've learned. So I said, well, you can't control the past. So don't dwell on it. Look towards the future. And then she asked, well, what are the action items that we, we need to do because of this situation? I said, okay, well, we're going to have to set up wire transfers to do all these payrolls in the morning manually. So what I'm going to do is put an action plan together. I'm going to gather all the employee information, all the bank accounts, and I'm going to get the dollar amounts. I'm going to have it all ready in a spreadsheet so that's ready to be prepared and uploaded into the bank software. And we're going to make that transition as, as smooth as possible. I'm going to send a text message to the owners of the company once that is done so that they know what's going on and so that we can be ready first thing in the morning to make this happen so they can be prepared for whenever all the employees come to them saying they didn't get paid so they're not blindsided. And all I can do now is hope that their understanding of the situation and after payroll's done, everybody gets paid, then I can focus on what fell apart during the process and make sure it doesn't happen again. And that was the end of the conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I felt calm. My anxiety was gone. I wasn't angry anymore. I had let go of all the emotions. I was thinking logically and I knew exactly what I needed to do. So this conversation only took a few minutes. 
But if that conversation wouldn't have happened the way it did, more than likely, I would have spent a whole lot more time, more time being mad, yelling at somebody, doing this little dance of, hey, if you can't do this for me, put somebody else on the phone or give me your manager, blah, blah, blah. I need somebody who's going to make something happen here. The bottom line was nobody was going to fix this for me in the time frame that I needed it fixed in the way in which I thought it needed fixed. So I needed to realize there was another solution. And that solution actually, that result actually was better than what would have happened if everything went smoothly. Why, why would I say that? Because this challenge was actually an opportunity for me to show who I was as a leader, show who I was as somebody who solves problems, show who I was and somebody who thinks beyond the anger triggers and who can think practically and think without emotions getting involved. And that was what happened here. And the long-term result was this client was a client of mine for several years, all the way up into the point where I sold my accounting business. And I made a ton of money off of them. I helped them out tremendously. And not only did it build trust with them, it built trust with me. Like I trusted that they weren't going to be a client that was always potentially having one foot out the door. It allowed me to be open and honest with them in our working relationship because I didn't have to f- the fear of getting fired or f- fear that my opinions or thoughts or ideas would get rejected. So it did a lot more than if everything just would have went smoothly. So there's a part of that conversation that I didn't tell you about. And that's the fact that This was not a real conversation with somebody from QuickBooks. This was a conversation I had with myself through a process or a tool called the stack. See, the stack is an app. It's a tool. It functions very much like a chat bot, only actually a chat bot that you would actually use, not one of those stupid customer service ones, which is is just like a puzzle to figure out, like, how do I, how can I get to a real person somehow? Or how can I actually send an email to somebody at Amazon? So no, this, this actually gets you results. You process an issue, you come to this point of revelation in your mind of realizing something new and seeing an action that will get you the results you're looking for. It's revelation to results. All on your own. Now that I've tricked you into thinking that my story was actually a real story, it was a real story. I mean, but I was processing that conversation just through this app script. And what did I actually do here? Well, first, I identified the trigger. Second, I processed my emotions right at the beginning. I essentially identified what had triggered me. I let out some anger about it because I was legitimately angry. And like whenever we're angry at something, we we cannot look at it clearly. So the first thing we need to do, and I'm, I'm literally like typing this stuff out. Nobody's going to see it. And when you do this, you got to use all the words, like real emotions here. And my words were not very nice words. I cannot repeat them on this podcast. This is a clean podcast. But I did that first. And once I do that, then I can take a deep breath and go, okay, all right. And sometimes I'm not even done 
I just need to keep going. I mean, I've been in stacks where I'm just like going and going and going and going. And then when I finally exhaust myself and take that breath, I can move forward. And this part of it isn't something to gloss over people. This is an important part of the process. So once I release my emotions, I can then look at the problem logically. That's where I identified all the facts about the situation. And the facts of this situation were not just the facts in the moment. The facts were going back to include all of my history with this client. I go back to the fact that I had started my own business and this is this is my one of my first higher ticket clients. And I had done a lot of work up to this point. And all that stuff was relative to the situation because the history of it is what made me so emotional about it. I did not want to lose this client. That's part of processing the issue. So I put all these facts on the table. Then I started to hypothetically think about the way I was looking at it. What if my story wasn't true? How often do we see us calm down from an argument with somebody and then apologize and then see it through their eyes? Almost all the time. And it's interesting because I wasn't I wasn't forcing myself to believe it. This was just a hypothetical situation because if somebody tells you to think differently, that that can be that can kind of put us off. Right. I might not have been receptive to that. But if I say, well, what if hypothetically speaking, I walk through these different scenarios, these what if scenarios? And I thought about the idea of what if this could turn out positive positively for me? What would that look like? I'm just brainstorming here I'm just, and hypothesizing. And I can say, okay, well, what would you rather have, the good or the bad result here? Obviously, I want the good one, right? So it got me to the point of making a rational decision about a situation that I could control, the part of the situation. I couldn't save what had happened. I had to accept that fact, but it got me to the point of revelation. What is the big idea? What is the real story that I can create to get the results I want? What is the action that I need to take? So this doesn't guarantee success. This doesn't mean my client reaction was gonna be a good one, doesn't mean that. But if I can operate in good conscience that I did everything that I could in a positive way, then I'm happy with that and I'm okay with the results at that point. So. This process of stacking lies inside the container of what do I want? Who do I want to be? And we've talked about all of those things in this podcast up to this point, but I gave you a specific situation. But I've already spent the time and effort to outline the who I want to be and what I want in life. I've already done 12 month impossible goals that we talked about. I've already been practicing daily habits to put me on an elite level. So stacking has just become one of those elite habits that I practice daily. So what does that look like for me? It's not processing an issue the exact moment that it occurs like it was in this this circumstance. It can be. Early on when I was first learning this process, I I tried to do that in the moment as much as I could because I could recognize when something really irritated me. But here's the cool part. I've been doing this for a long time. 
At the time I'm recording this, I've recorded almost 1,800 stacks inside of the system that I use. And after a while, you automatically start to tell yourself the story that you can control. It just happens. You train, you change your mind. Naturally, I found myself getting angry less frequently. I might get annoyed, upset, frustrated for sure, but literally within seconds, I can read the situation and tell myself, okay, get over it. What are you going to do about it? What can you control? How does that fit in the context of who I am and what I want? So I do a stack every morning and I practice this habit every day for several years in the subject matter in which I stack has become very dialed in. It's very intentional. I'm not so much stacking situations that occur anymore. I'm stacking ideas that I have. I'm stacking what I'm looking for help on. What do I want guidance from? There's specific kinds of stacks as well. So let me start with the simple one first, which is called the idea stack. And this is for you business people out there that come up with ideas all the time. And you're telling people to do stuff for you every time you have an idea, like you're literally sitting on the toilet and you come up with an idea and you come out of the bathroom and tell your employee, hey, go start working on this. This annoyed me so bad when I was an employee because business owners would like, hey, uh, try this or analyze this for me. And like I'd work on something for a week and I'd come back and they'd be like, nah, I don't like that idea anymore. Or I don't really want to do that. And I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me? Do you know how much time, money and effort that was wasted by your stupid idea that took me down this rabbit trail? Like if you're doing that, stop doing that. Please stop doing that to your employees. But an idea stack is a way to process an idea and it helps you by guiding you through a series of questions. Think of it like this. What is your idea? What would be the benefits of that idea? What would it take to execute that idea? What would the next steps be? And if it's in the context of who you are and what your goals are, then it might make sense to do it. Take 15 minutes to process that stack. But if you share that stack with somebody that you're going to give them the work to do, then you have to let them put it in their own box in the context of what they're working on. Then at that point, if it's something that you're going to do on your own, you know, put it inside of your box and all the other crap that you have to do. And if it's maybe it's just not time, then you can just put it to the side, file it away, whatever. So stacking fits into how we live our lives. It's part of the process of setting impossible goals. Part of the process of setting quarterly targets and setting monthly missions and setting weekly focuses and setting daily to-dos. It is all part of a system. If you haven't figured that out yet, this is all a system that I'm teaching you. But there's even more with the stack. The last piece that I want to talk about regarding the stack is the way in which I use stacks now, which is called the prayer stack. So at this point where you really learn or you, you, you've like transformed your mind, you've transformed your way of thinking because when you stack the negative thoughts, they don't last very long in your head and your level of certainty in yourself rises dramatically. But it's happened over a period of time. And you get to a point where I think we've all gotten to the point and people think, well, who, who does this? Where, where we don't think we need it and then we stop doing it. 
and then we realized we need it again. Well, this happened with me. I stopped doing it for a while. The stack process has become a process of knowing oneself. And I realized after not doing it for a while that the process of knowing yourself doesn't end no matter how much we grow as individuals. So if you are a believer in God, like I am, how do you know yourself without knowing what God says about you? So a prayer stack is another method of a stack, but it's written in terms of having a conversation with God. You say things like, God, I want you to know this. God, I want you to know that. And it's a way for you to be prompted on a day-to-day basis to share everything that's on your mind with God. And you can do this verbally with your voice, or you could just do it in your prayer time. You don't have to journalize it and write it down, but it's very helpful. It's very helpful to write it down just like you would in a journal because it guides you. And that makes it much easier. So for me, this has become a muscle memory type of thing. This is what I do every single day. Almost all of my stacks are prayer stacks now. So I start off the day by saying, God, I want you to know this. And sometimes there's a very specific direction on it. Some days I'm just processing emotions. Some days I'm very thankful. This is what happened yesterday, God. This is the good. This is the bad. This is the ugly. This is what I'm looking for today. This is what I'm praying for today for my family, for myself, for others. And it's also an opportunity to give praise and thanks. And it's really become a gateway for me to commune with God. And some people might be thinking right now, well, how can you say you talk to God through an app? Like that's, that's silly. That's ridiculous. And the first thing that comes to my mind is something silly and ridiculous. Like when God talked to Moses through a burning bush. So if that can happen, then I think he can use my cell phone or my iPad. Hey, I mean, there's no judgment here for how anybody else does anything in terms of their relationship with God. I'm just sharing this with you because it has worked for me. You can judge me. You can use me as the proof. I actually know hundreds of other men who are proof of this process as well. And it's not for everybody, but you don't even have to use it for the whole God connection part. Just use it to reshape your mindset because your ability to transform your mind is going to be the key to becoming the person you want to become. Because if you don't stop telling yourself all the same BS lies about yourself and stop blaming other people, you are never going to approach the person you could potentially become. This is real, raw, relevant truth from your CFO. So if you're still listening at this point, I need you to consider this possibility. I don't need you to. I want you to. What if you spent every morning stacking, every morning searching for a story that you have inside your head that triggers something for you? And you take time once a day to reframe that story, turn it back on yourself, look inwardly and say, well, what if it wasn't that way? What if there was something I could do about it? What is it that I really want? And use that to determine an action item that you can take. Small steps, very small steps. What if you did that every day for 30 days? or 60 days, or a year, or five years? What revelation could you get? What simple yet bold actions could you end up taking? 
what results could possibly come from those actions? Or you could do nothing. You could sleep in. You can keep getting in arguments with your wife. You can keep telling your employees to do irrelevant stuff. You can keep blaming other people every time you don't hit your goals. You can keep doing whatever else is not working for you right now. Or you could create a new story. The story of what you want to be true in your life. You could come up with the revelation of what that story is. And you can decide on your own what action items you need to take. Then you could get the results that you truly want. Those seemingly impossible results. This is the CFO Mission Podcast. 